the amount <laughs> of moving, like the second I have done, like the second it is, it is the end of April. I'm just going to fucking collapse and have no call, no calls. Yeah. Hold all my calls. Rodney, <laughs> take a letter. No one call me. What all, what all have you seen? I, I do kind of want this to be the, the motor mouth Marvel mega Big Marvel that one. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> yeah. I wrote it down once and it was good. And yeah, it's in the that. Facebook chat. I think. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, motor mouth make mine Marvel something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So pretty much over the weekend in between uh, semesters, I watched Shang Chi finally, and then the Eternals. Like I think it was actually in the same day too. And it's I a big started. Day for you. Yeah, it was it was great. It was really like, okay, this is what a day off is like. Um, and it, it also it pissed me off too, because like when I my classes started, one of my classes, professors like, oh, you know, as part of the discussion, like, you know, what have you been watching? What movies and what you know, you know, you're all media composers. And I would just be like, fuck you, I haven't been watching shit. Like, <laughs> do you know how this fucking school works? Like, god damn it. <laughs> um how many assignments yes. do I have to turn in for you to believe I'm not doing anything fun? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Motor Mouth Podcast, a podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere. My name is Joel Tyree, and with me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, the ghost of Tim Gerard. Hello. Oh, my favorite inside joke that is just for us and the listener. <laughs> Two topics normally enter and then sanity leaves, but not today, listeners. Today is our inaugural Make Mine Marvel Motor Mouth Mega Super Spectacular episode on the Phase 1 films from the MCU. This is going to be a chore. But also really fun. <laughs> That's not going to be a chore. <laughs> this will be this will breathe some fresh life into these films that I've loved, watched a million times, and then they've sat on the shelf because 20 other films have come out in the series. So phase one consists of Iron Man from 2008, The Incredible Hulk from later in 2008, Iron Man 2 from 2010, Thor from 2011, and Captain America, the first Avenger from 2011 as well, and then capped off by the Avengers in 2012. Wow, that was 10 years ago. We're going based on the IMDb outline of the release order because we don't have it in our heads. So, Iron Man. We're just going to talk about a film till we get sick of it and move on to the next one. This might be a four-hour podcast. This might be 45 minutes. We'll see. <laughs> God, I missed Motormouth. I feel like I've been talking about Moon Knight for way too long. Now I've got something else. It's generating things. How you doing over there, Tim? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about Marvel films. I feel like, well, between, you know, like not, not having a platform for it and then not, um, you know, 
one of the issues is me not being caught up because I've been busy with school. So like, I feel like as the new films have been coming out and people are excited, I have to be like, no, 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 no spoilers and kind of shut myself off from all the excitement about it. So it's nice to kind of at least dive back into it. And yeah, it's been a while since I've kind of like thought about and talked about these older films. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it is weird. Like, cause you know, like you were, you were saying like what we haven't seen in a while. I feel like, there was a certain point where it's like, okay, like I think when Endgame came out, that's when everyone in theaters were like, we're going to screen all the films leading up to Endgame. And that was like a perfect place to do that. But now that it's like, okay, we're kind of getting into this, you know, post phase three, building up to something else. It's like, are you going to rewatch all of those three, you know, all of the infinity saga before each new film comes out? Like, you know, so I feel like now we're kind of at a point that we hit Endgame. It's kind of like, almost like, yeah, let's put that whole saga on the shelf and right. now just kind of working into this. Um, Ty and I have so. tried to marathon a couple of times. So we've gotten to about Guardians 2 mm. and then just kind of lose steam. Just because there's so many. Like, we we could do we can do a Harry Potter marathon pretty well. Lord of the Rings, if we're not watching all of the extended um, versions. Right. I usually insist on the uh, two towers extended because i just love every bit of that film and i want as much of it as possible but like with, with the marvel films it's a really daunting task to and that's the thing like it's great because they're all different genres so you could focus in if i just want to do iron man that's a good watch you know i think that's how i will do it going forward is more i mean that's what i did with uh no way home was i watched all of the spider-man leading up to it right yeah. which was really fun um that's one you haven't seen um but that's the thing like going back to phase one will give us time to catch up and like yeah i i I think it is a daunting task and it's also like because we're we're moving towards secret evasion seems to be the next big avengers-esque conflict we're kind and because of the pandemic and all of that stuff there's very much a kind of holding pattern it seems like they're trying out the series and they're working or they're not working depending on like who you ask and what what your preference of genre of show is but like it, it's it's really in we're in a unique period and it seems like the universe is expanding but it's also slowed down so it's it'll be fun to go back to where it was like new and it's like oh something else is coming oh like it just it seemed to be very surprising for a long time. Like, oh, they're doing that character. Oh, that's cool. Oh, they did this different from the comics. Like the way they were shaping things, even from the very early going, is very interesting. So, like, that's it's it's such a cool thing to finally get to talk to you in depth about because we talked about them as they kind of came out, but we, we haven't done a whole lot of backtracking. We would speculate about what was coming next. But we wouldn't really, we didn't really have a handle on like we we didn't go all the way back. So this is this will be fun. Yeah, and I think I think this is a nice way to do it is by by phase, you know, because I feel like that way you get, you know, like you see, yeah, you get the variety of genre and of you know, we, oh, we get to talk about a Thor movie and a Captain America movie kind of side by side, but it's not like oh, we're going to talk about the entire Captain America trilogy alongside the Thor trilogy and you know whatever else. And, um, yes, that, that is something I would like to do one day, like you were saying, is like to go, go through and follow a character all the way through. Oh, yeah. You know? And it, as opposed to watching all of them, you know, because there, there are definitely some I think I could, I could do without, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that they're bad. They're just not my cup of tea, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I, I mean, like, for example, like, you know, I, like, for, to me, I was never interested in the Guardians of the Galaxy 
comic books, you know, and when they came out, I was like, wow, for a comic book that I didn't care about, this is a pretty good movie. Right. But I, I think recently, like, oh, recently, <laughs> I think this was relative term. Ago, yeah. Like one of my, uh, my cousin came to visit for, I think it was my 41st birthday. So yeah, it's coming up on either two or three years ago. I forget how old I am now. Um, <laughs> I'm at the point where I forget how old I am. I have to do math. And I, I don't feel like doing it. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna, um, but anyway, like he came, you know, to visit and I remember me, him and, and Krista watched guardians of the galaxy. And I remember kind of being like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like I remember when this came out being like, Oh, this is fun and, and cool, better than I expected. But like, yeah, I don't know how many more times in my life I need to rewatch this, you know? And again, that's not a criticism of the film. It's just that, you know, I feel like everybody has sort of the, the characters or the genres that they connect with and yeah. the ones that they don't. And that's, that's what I love about the Marvel universe. What I feel like a lot of people will look at as, you know, uh, you know, a weakness is that like, Oh, right. well, they're all so different. It's like, that's the fucking point. Like right. I, I, I think that, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't know if this was, you know, DC did so many things where it seemed like they were like, we are going to do the opposite of Marvel, right. you know, good or bad. And I think one of the things is like trying to have the whole DC universe have such a, like across the board unifying like tone right. to them, which you could argue for like, yeah, they all live in the same world. But I mean, then again, like, it's like, I mean, how many people live in this world? And I feel like people have very different ways that they view the world and experience the world, which I feel like creates a different tone for, for their life and their life story and the way they interact with the world. So I think the idea of having this very varied, you know, perspective on the world depending on which character you're following i think that's more true to life than everything is dark in every film right because that's what this world is you know that's um, the thing. like what what they ended up doing with the mcu is making films like comic books yeah and the more that they come out and it just more it crystallizes that in my head it's like that's what they are now that's yeah. why the conversation about like how many films do i have to see to to understand the continuity of this like it's comic books right so no, if you're applying <laughs> right like if you're if you're applying film logic to this series i don't think it applies anymore like i don't think anybody came out right. of the new spider-man film thinking oh i'm disappointed because i didn't understand it, it was like people went into that knowing what was like had expectations and were like up on it like nobody came into that film fresh for the right. first time you know like it, it's 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 a really interesting re restructuring of how franchises work how films in a series work and it, it's it's a fascinating thing and it all started in 2008 with iron man <laughs> See how I did that? Look at that. Nice. <laughs> if I draw attention to it, does that make it less ham-fisted or more? <laughs> oh, definitely more. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you remember seeing this one in theaters? Not particularly, like specifically, like it wasn't the, the event of seeing it in the theater theaters wasn't like, for example, like I remember very clearly when I saw the first Spider-Man in theaters mm -hmm. when I saw. Uh, the first Matrix, when I saw Matrix Reloaded for the first time in the theaters, like those were definitely events. Um, with this one, like I, I vaguely, like I remember seeing it multiple times in the theater, but it wasn't necessarily the the theater experience wasn't as much a part of it 
um, you know, as like, I can't remember, Oh, it was this day and I did it then. And this is what I did before. This is what I did after. Um, but I just remember, yeah, like, like loving it. Like I was never interested in Iron Man up until the civil war comic books. Hmm. And I, so I think that helped like, like the civil war comics. And like, after that, I kind of dug a little deeper. I went back, I think it was before that, like the, um, uh, like the extremis, uh, story. So like, there was some of that stuff I had dug into because civil war had piqued my interest in, you know, both, both Iron Man and Captain America. Right. Um, so I think because of that, I got into the comics a little bit more, which made me a little more prepared for a lot of the, you know, the stuff that was going on in, in the movies. Um, but I wasn't enough of a fan to be like, Oh, it better be like this. And it better have this, you know, I just remember thinking like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And like, (laughs) I remember up until that point, always assuming, which is, which is funny because I think I've seen fan theories about this but like um i think up until that point people were like oh if we ever have an iron man movie it's gonna be tom cruise who plays tony stark right. in iron man. um so it was kind of neat to be like oh it's oh it's robert downey jr like sweet like that's awesome that it's not tom cruise <laughs> like right like, i don't you know um and then like i remember like the hype leading into it how cool it was because like I knew at that point that like Tony Stark in the comics had issues with alcoholism Mm -hmm. and that like, you know, when John Favreau had sort of like got, got onto it, he's like, okay, like, and there was, so there was, there was like a parallel to Robert Downey Jr. But it's like, well, we're not going to like go into the alcoholism part of it, but knowing that he has struggled with addiction, like he's in that similar mind frame. So even without like tackling the demon in the bottle storyline, it's it's there it's below the it wasn't like it wasn't like um uh less than zero where downey is basically playing himself like he didn't he had done all of the research for that role you know like (laughs) his whole life yeah you know yeah and see i i don't remember being i i think i saw a couple of the ads and they had acdc in them so that that i dig acdc but Mm -hmm. I went and saw it at like a discount theater after the initial run with my cousins. They were like, Hey, you should see this. It's pretty good. And I went, you can play like $6 and go see it. And I came out of that and I was just like, it was different than any other superhero movie I'd ever seen. Mm. You know, like I had been inundated with the Batmans and the super, like the uh, um, Chris Reeves Superman's and then Superman returns. I think had come out into like, I think I'd seen that. And then, like the Supergirl movie, like all of these kind of weird, like the the weird nineties, eighties, seventies versions of superheroes. And I mean, you know, I love Batman Forever. That's one of my favorite movies ever. And it was just like this was so sleek and cool and confident. And it was like, oh, here's a superhero. And I, I think this was my introduction to Robert Downey Jr. as an actor. I think. I think maybe I had seen like his ver- uh the biopic Chaplin where he played Charlie Chaplin okay. which he's fucking incredible in. But like I think this was like a real like oh I really like this guy. And also like fucking Jeff Bridges in it is in it too. Like he was a really great villain, a different kind of villain. Yeah. And it like really grounded it cuz like it was set during like a desert storm war. So like he was going over there and war profiteering. It it just it was all these different things and so different from Batman, so different from mm-hmm. Superman. Like those are like dark, twisted, like and everything's about protecting the secret identity. Like they bend over backwards to do that. And for the the end line, the final line is I am Iron Man. Credits. 
it was just so punk rock. It was so like it it re it reinvented how superhero movies could be and how those characters carried themselves. And it was just it was it was so different. And I think it was just the perfect age. I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a thing. If they continue to do this stuff, I'm I'm all the way in. You know, I think I saw that a couple times at that same discount theater, maybe two or three times. And I mean, we at this point we would have gotten uh, Batman Begins, right? I don't think we had gotten Dark Knight quite yet. I can't remember quite when that. Not sure. Let me look it up because that's good podcasting content. It's yeah. me looking up things on the internet. While you're looking at it, one of the one of the things I thought of, like you know, along the lines of what you were saying about him being such a different character, mm-hmm. like I feel like he and Batman get compared to each other a lot of the time because they're both rich, you right? Know, and they have yeah, a yeah. bunch of toys. But one of the things that I I really I don't know that, that I noticed this before, but like digging into it with his origin is that like Batman buys all of his shit. Like it, it all right. gets developed within like Wayne Industries and he just like funnels it into his cave and then uses it. Whereas like Tony Stark builds all that shit. Right. Like like his, he's his a genius. his engineering. Yeah. Like right. he, you know, and so and and that's kind of what I really, really dug into with 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 uh Tony Stark and Iron Man that it's not it's not because I mean he has yes he has the the opportunity to do all of that stuff because he's rich and has the money to buy the equipment he needs to build what he needs to but if he was just rich and not smart like he wouldn't be Iron Man you right. know like the other thing is like he enjoys being rich Bruce yeah. is so fucking miserable even oh, when he's God. pretending to be yeah. like having a good time it's all bullshit yeah Tony's fucking drinking and wetting the suit. Like yeah. I, that's that's we, we're not there yet. That's Iron Man two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, because it's it's Don Cheadle instead of Terrence Howard that comes to to right. castigate him for ruining yeah. the party and reclaiming the suit. But like he, it, it's just a different kind of billionaire, you know. Like yeah, and he, that's another thing. Like it was so cool to see him build the suits. That sequence was great. That montage of the, like oh, yeah. the Mark One test, and then oh it's all gold or all silver. And he's like, Oh, make it fire or uh, hot rod red. Yeah. Like it, it just, it was like those little, little flourishes. Cause that's the thing. Batman is about intimidation and he's about uh, uh, stealth. So everything about the bat suit has to be like, it's, it's striking fear and it's supposed to be hidden in the shadows. Iron man doesn't give a fuck about that. He's like, mm-hmm. I am the weapon and you can see me coming. So yeah. you better run. <laughs> like it's it's outstanding. Like it was a just a whole different philosophy of superhero. Yeah. And and done every inch of that film is not Batman. You know, like it's very much so mm-hmm. I um Batman Begins came out in 2005 and then Dark Knight was 2008. So same year we got Dark Knight and Iron Man in the same year. Oh, so okay. I don't know, I can't remember when I we we can figure that out, but I don't know if I would have seen Iron Man first. I think I I saw uh, Dark Knight in theaters five six times. And I was still in high school, so that that was a big deal. Like that, they got my full price ticket money consistently, and then I saw Iron Man after. So maybe that was a thing. Is like, oh, I seen the best version of Batman I'd ever seen, or at least the Joker, because people have I don't know about Bale's Batman, like. He's so he's great. Like I understand, like I like that um, arc for him, 
he's not a particularly fun Bruce Wayne or a particularly fun Batman. That's just a very like dark, tortured character. There's not really a whole lot of fun to it. Um, so yeah, it was just like coming off of Dark Knight with yeah, we found a way to talk about Batman. Surprise! Let's see if we talk about <laughs> Star Wars. Um, yeah, it just it, it those two films coming out in the same year really kind of redefined how superhero movies were made. You know, like. And kind of ruined DC for everything else, right? Like, because after Nolan, it just there was no real blueprint for how to do a DC superhero movie again, you know? Well, but I, plus, I, I wonder if that had something to do with it, too, where it's like we just had this, this you know, Dark Knight trilogy, which was this very, you know, in and of itself, I feel like it was very cohesive, right. very organic. Complete and, and grounded like, in a way. Yeah. That, most things hadn't been before yeah and then it's like here comes marvel with like oh we're gonna create this unified universe with everything all together and it's like well shit soon you know like we, we kind of ended our batman right. thing like you know we I, were I gonna build like, something that was gonna yeah, be the like, template like if they had done that instead and like built upon the christian bale batman to be like you know built their dc universe around that I think they could have, it could have been a real contender instead of like, Oh wait, we got to start over again because this is done. You know, his, his knees are fucked up and he retired. We think he's and everyone thinks he's dead, you know? Um, And not even to bother like taking the thread of Joseph Gordon Levitt as Robin and be like, let's, let's launch that into our, you know, like even that I would have been happy with, like, I get it. Christian Bale would, I think, you know, he's probably like, I'm done. I'm doing this trilogy. I don't want to be in 20 movies, you know, uh, you know, being Batman. But like, if they had said like, all right, let, you know, what would it, what would it have taken to bring Joseph Gordon Levitt in and be like, you're going to be this, you know, the Iron Man of the DC cinematic universe. We're going to build that around you, you know? I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to do that either. Like, but I think, you know, I think that's, that's, I think that's the big difference is like kind of going into it with like, you know, we're, we're going to make one film and if we're lucky, we get a trilogy and that's it, you know, as opposed to, and, and I guess you could say with Marvel, like when, you know, yes, even though Iron Man had the post credit scene that hinted at the, you know, the Avengers right. initiative and everything, it could have stopped there if it wasn't successful. Yeah. Like we got this hint and it's like, Oh man, we'll never get to see that. But it wasn't like it ended with a cliffhanger that needed to, you know. But but the fact that they gave you that little tidbit of like, hey, we've got something else in store. Like if you if you like this and you you put your your hard earned money to seeing this and show us that you want more, we will fucking give you more, you know. Yeah. And and you know and kind of knowing that like that was beneath the surface and then it, they were ready for it you know um that was always one of my big I, I watched i think it was only the first season or two of 24 and i always felt like with 24 and i could be wrong you know because maybe it's just because it's a show and kind of you know, it's all crit- like i always felt like they were writing it episode to episode uh, you know kind of like oh what what the fuck do we do now like oh the okay this hours to, uh okay we'll, we'll bring in it's a new terrorist we, we you know and it, it just felt like it kept kind of making these twists and turns that weren't like surprises and weren't like twists it was just like we we ran out of steam with this idea and we're done we're, we 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 have like 10 more episodes to go so what do we do next uh, right. uh how about this how about someone from his past comes back all right sure we'll do See, that you know? that's the dexter model too i felt like very much so in the last seasons of dexter it was very much like whoa what is he gonna do now oh he's yeah. in love with his sister wow <laughs> fucking jesus christ We 
had had like post credit scenes in, in movies before that didn't go anywhere. Like the whole um, like Dracula Untold, right? Like who's geared up for like, oh, there's going to be a sequel and nothing ever came from it. And I, I think Favreau talked about it. It's like, yeah, we put it in the end. Like maybe we could do something with it. Like that would be cool. But like it was, it was like, it felt like a universe that was very much, instead of lived in, felt like on the cusp of being lived in. You know, like it felt instead of Star Wars where you're like in and so much exposition in the beginning of New Hope where it's like, OK, I understand that people live in this universe and it's like old and it has the 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 burns and the scars of a lived in universe. This one felt like, oh, Iron Man's a great kind of origin point for super powered people in this world. And I thought that was just such a cool you just have this, oh, oh, Samuel L. Jackson's in it? Oh, that's outstanding. Like, and then that was like fan casting, right? Like in the comics, they're like, yeah, we'd get Sam Jackson to do it, right? Like, so yeah. it was, it was something very much firing in all cylinders. And like, it was the perfect movie at that time to be this gateway to an MCU that we hadn't even like anticipated or thought was going to be as big as it could be, you know? And yeah. I, yeah, we, we haven't really talked about plot or anything, just how much we yeah. liked it. Like, Right. <laughs> it, it's again, like, I, I think it's got a great origin story for that character. And you really, that's another thing. You really believe his kind of shift, his change from this kind of listless, doesn't care about anything billionaire who's just pro war profiteering, essentially. And the switch that they do, they really humanize him. They break him down. They give him this, this thing to keep sh shit out of his heart, that magnet thing. I yeah. thought it was really compelling and it gave him personal stakes. And that character was really invest. I was invested in that character's development within that film. You know, it was very much like a thoughtful character, you know, like Batman. Yeah. We've seen the pearls. How many times we are like, we always make the same jokes. Like, why aren't you investing in the community? Like, use your money to like benefit people. Don't just beat up the poor. Like there's all of these arguments for Batman. And that's the thing. In Iron Man, you're just like, this dude is war profiteering. And you know that from the mm -hmm. jump. And then he gets to experience it firsthand. The fruits of his labor embedded in his yeah. chest trying to attack his heart. And it, it, it's it's great. Like, I, I love Paltrow in it. I like Favreau in it. Jeff Bridges is iconic in it. I really, like, for him to cut his hair, and he had, a, he has great hair. He's always had great <laughs> hair. So he went, he went the full I don't even know what you call it. Like the, the, the full Bruce Willis, I guess we could call it. <laughs> and, I was just gonna say, yeah. and he, he, he's huge. Like when he, he says that to that one tag, he's like, Tony Stark made this in a cave with scraps. He's yeah. just big. And like, he's a great villain. I really liked Obadiah Stane as portrayed yeah. by Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Uh, one thing too, like jumping back a little bit, when you mentioned about the, the war profiteering, like, and I, yeah, I could be misremembering it, but one of the things that I, I don't know at first that he's aware, because isn't it Obadiah no, who's selling right. the, the... Yeah. So what he's I really... profiteering like, in, right. in like the legal sense. He's selling things to the military and profiteering that way. He's right. not... He's, yeah, he thinks funding. he's selling to the quote-unquote the good guys, the good guys yeah. which, which what I like about that too is that like I've seen that where, you know, I know there are some people who have this sort of perspective is like, well as long as I'm doing the right thing, whatever happens beyond that, I have no control over, you know? Right. So he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, going to make these weapons. And if they end up in the, the, the enemy's hands, that's not my fault. Cause I'm not putting them there, but no, he says, 
no, like the fact that I'm making them, even if they somehow end up in the enemy's hands, like I still feel responsible for that because I made these. And that was, I thought like a really great switch to that too, that it's just like, yeah, you can't just sort of, you know, you know, thinking back to like, you know, the atomic bomb, like, oh, let's take this technology and develop this thing. And it's like, hey, if this ends up in the wrong hands or if it gets used, you know, this technology gets used as a weapon as opposed to a tool, that's not my fault. Like, no, it is like you, you have to take responsibility for your actions, you know, and I, I love that they put that spin on it, too, that like he yeah, he wasn't the one profiteering, but he was able to have a blind eye to it. So right. he could, he was kind of ignorant of it. But then once he knew it was happening, he couldn't just be like, well, I'm not the one selling it to the bad guys. Right. You know, like he had to be like, okay, I need to put a stop to this, you know? Like, well, it was, it was such a great reveal when the Jericho missile shows up or whatever it is, the shrapnel one. And yeah. it's a stark. Yep. And you see it as he sees it. And you see the, the wheels turning in his head and that, and then he gets blown to shit. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was just such because we see Wayne Tech. I mean, we're just gonna compare it to Batman all day, but like <laughs> we see Wayne Tech and a lot of technology, but it never fucking blows a hole in Batman. You right. know, like it was very pointed that you put your name—that's your father's name, that's your name. You've continued this legacy, and now you are on the the bad end of it. And I just thought that was really powerful. Something really simple, right? Just you see the rocket enough to see the brand. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's product placement in the best way, you know, like, and yeah, like you said, it was like, he, he could be boy genius. Like he got the variety covers and all of that stuff like that. It's a, I really like that introduction too, when he's giving, he's getting the award and Obadiah is like, he accepts it. And Terrence Howard's roadie is reading it out. And it's like, it has that montage of like the origin of, and you just get through that real quick. Cause it's not about the boy who became the man. It's about the man who became Iron Man. And I just thought that was, it was really clever and sleek the way they did that. I, that's really, really impressive. <laughs> should, should we come up with a rating system? So we, we should rate these. What, what should we rate these out of? Oh, I mean, I guess we could do one out of 10 or uh, we could do. Should um, we do like a rewatchability scale? Like on a, a scale of one to 10, how rewatchable okay. do we find these? Yeah. I, yeah, I think um, I, I would give it 10. I think so too. This is one I come like, back to pretty frequently. You know, also because it's the beginning. So it's not like a yeah. middle one where it's like, oh, am I going to jump in the middle? Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's yeah, a, like I could see watching this. If it's like, I have time for one Marvel movie I've already yeah. seen, you know. It's a great one-off, you know, and yeah. it's, it's a, like, it's heavy, but not soup. It's not end game heavy. It's not infinity war heavy. You know, yeah. those films are so like, there's so much at stake. Yeah. which I love about those films, but in terms of like Friday night, watch a movie, like it's, it's not, not this, this is a great popcorn movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I, it's, it's up there probably. I, I think this is the movie I've rewatched the most out of the whole shebang. Like this is yeah. probably the one. Uh, yeah. I also, I also say 10 cause there are others that could also get 10. Oh yeah. It's it not like, a, say, like when people were like, I'm going to rank all of the films. It's like, like, first of all, why? Like, second of all, yeah, like, like there's going to be this little bit of nitpicky, like, well, is this film better than this one? You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, I think this is a good system where it's like, you could have five films that are ranked at a 10 because like, yeah, like this is my group. And so this is obviously my favorites of it. And, but, you know, to have to put those in positions too, like why bother? Like, yeah, like, 
you know, it's, I, I think, yeah, there's, there's many that can be up there at number 10. I think there, there are a few that are down at number one, you know, that like, yeah. I may go the rest of my life without ever watching. <laughs> ever watching that's, fine. that's fine. Maybe other people like them, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. one that's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, uh, Iron Man 10, 10 out of 10 would rewatch, um, yeah, it's just Good a man. solid entry. It's a great suit. You know, before we got all kinds of... That's the other thing. Like, this suit really set itself apart. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. Spider-Man. It wasn't uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. It wasn't mm-hmm. the X-Men with those sleek kind of unlimited suits. It wasn't the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a really bold... Like, I mean, that's how he is in the comics. That look is so iconic. And it's a really comic book accurate suit, you know? Yeah. And something that kept evolving and I thought was really, really compelling. Like the suit was as much a character as Tony was to a certain mm-hmm. extent, you know, as it, as he's uh, beta testing it and stuff, like he falls through his, his car, like he fucks up his Ferrari because it's <laughs> so heavy and it just goes straight through the floor. Like, yeah. All right. Iron Man. On to <laughs> Incredible Hulk, The Incredible Hulk, 2008, starring Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, wow, William Hurt, and then Tim Roth. And Tim Roth plays Abomination, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is an Ang, is this Ang Lee? No, I Ang think... Lee was the Hulk. Ang Lee so was did the, thing, the Hulk. That was one of the things that I found, like, unfortunate about this, is that, like, we got to have just Iron Man. It didn't have to be Invincible Iron Man, you know, but, oh, this has to be Incredible Hulk because there's already a Hulk movie out right. there. So, like, I thought that was kind of funny, kind of like with, you know, Andrew Garfield. That was the amazing Spider-Man because we've already had Spider-Man. This had to be a different Spider-Man, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I remember just being, like, disappointed that, like, oh, like, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They should get to just call everything what it is, not add the sort of, you know, the... the, the, the um, differentiating yeah you know like you know the this superlative is, or whatever yeah, adverb i yeah, guess was, yeah yeah that's what yeah i have an english degree um, i have two <laughs> but not um, in the story scene right. <laughs> i think the director for this was louis leterrier i think it is like i think it was a yeah, French yeah, yeah. director. yeah um and uh yeah instead of eric banner now we have uh um edward norton yeah banner like this is yeah and, so and this what, is why, like yeah like we spent a little more time on iron man but like this one i feel like we don't have to spend a lot of time on right well here's the thing like i feel like i i saw hulk in theaters mm-hmm. hulk had a big marketing push i had the toy i had the one you push his leg together and he swings oh, yeah. i love the the eric banna design i thought he was big and ripped and i it was kind of twisted like re-watching that movie is kind of a chore like i i liked ang lee's vision for it i thought it was mm. cool that he was trying to do comic book panels yeah it just it, it it didn't translate all that well it was very much like just can't mix the medium in that way you could use shots it just seemed really distracting um yeah. And I, I had the novelization of that. I read that book. Like, I thought it was really compelling. Like, the dad, you kind of got the, the viciousness of the dad and those absorbing dogs. Absorbing Man is fucking great. Like, when he first becomes Absorbing Man and he's, like, sinking. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, that I was, that's my that favorite was, scene in that whole film. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I forgot that he was an Absorbing Man. Oh, wow. Maybe I need to give that another another shake. <laughs> We're going to talk about the other Hulk film instead of this. <laughs> this is what I didn't see in theaters. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember talking to one of my, my extended family, and they were just like, 
that guy, what's he going to do? A Hulk smash? He's puny. Like, seriously, this is puny banner. Like, I've never thought of Edward Norning as a big guy. Even in Fight Club, he's shredded, but he's he's thin. Yeah. Like, Eric Bana had a great face. You could mm. believe that face kind of expanding. expanding. Yeah. And, like, this is, this is a... I think it's a fine movie. I it's watchable like until the end. I think the end like the the latter half of the the um the third act is just garbage. Like it's really hard to watch. Like he throw he falls out of the uh um, I love that part. Yeah. Yo, I, I like think- the transition. I like that that that's what gets him to go. But yeah. I think there's just it just something is off at the end of that film. Yeah. I think that I think that was also a callback to the the ultimates because there's a part I think when they when they although it's not the the heroic way where this in the film like he's like oh you know we can't control him but maybe we can point him you know point yeah, him yeah. you know whereas i think in the other one i think like they throw him out of the helicopter like that's not his decision mm. there i think it's when the chitari are attacking and they're oh, like okay. oh man and and they're just like they have bruce banner in the helicopter and they're like oh yeah and and, and yeah, i think it's like nick fury or someone just like tosses him out and he's like oh my god <laughs> and all of a sudden you just see this giant boom and it's like wait a minute that's not the type <laughs> of boom that would happen at this time, you know and that's when like hulk comes out so that so the fact that they were referencing that but he's like oh god oh shit i'm not turning like you know that that you know that because i think he was drugged wasn't he and they were hoping the drugs were going to wear off enough yeah. so i thought that was a great twist on that because like you know for those of us who had read that comic we're like oh that's that Oh, that's not that scene. Oh shit, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought that was cool, and like the fact that you know it, it was this kind of lesser of two evils take. Yeah. You know, it's like yes, we don't like the Hulk, but we like the Abomination even less, especially right. now this jacked up version of the Abomination. Um, I I like how how beat the to shit Tim Roth gets in that movie because because Hulk kicks him across a field. And he hits every rock oh, yeah. on that. <laughs> Wait, yeah, like total like ragdoll, just like hits the tree. <laughs> the fact that they brought him back, and it was a great motivation for that abomination. Like I thought that was, it has good bones, but it's, it's yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I like Ed Norton. I think he's an incredible actor, but he didn't seem to like care about this. He's also trying to play it like very monotone because he's like trying to keep it underneath. I think I just yeah. don't think it translates all really yeah. well. I think the you wouldn't like me with when I'm hungry, like the mistranslation that's really early and kind of maybe the cold open of the film where he says that. I it it was it was just kind of meh. By the time I finally watched it, it was like I was watching in preparation for the Avengers, I think, when mm-hmm. I finally saw it. It's like ah, this is this is okay. It's just not I didn't particularly like it it's it's not the worst film ever but yeah i mean yeah and that's the thing is like it was it it, i feel like part of what was tough was we had just we just got iron man and it was like oh man and then it's like oh okay maybe iron man was just a blip (laughs) you know like yeah um but like what well oh so one of the things about the end like like yeah it is kind of just like and, and that's the thing too is like it's 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 the hulk you know, like th- there is that metaphor of like having all this anger that you've got to kind of hold on to because you can't just lash out, you know, and kind of controlling your anger so you don't hurt others. Like, like that part's cool, but there's, there's only so much you can do with that. I think. And I just wish you know, I, they've never really done like a Jekyll and Hyde story. 
And that's what Hulk is, right? Like he's Hulk, like he's Jekyll and Hyde with more daddy issues. And that's the thing. I don't think we really have ever gotten into how shitty Banner's dad was and how that fuels a lot of, because he's angry before the gamma. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of journey. I kind of, Maybe that's the thing. It's like, it's hard to build a film around rage and give a very good, because Hulk doesn't ever get better. You know, there, there's not really a whole lot of collaboration, but I think if you did it kind of in, in the, the style of Jekyll and Hyde, where he's trying this, he's, he's waking up in strange places and all of this stuff is happening. He's trying to figure out how to fix it, but he also likes the way it feels and that kind of thing. I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's kind of a cop out to say Hulk can't have a film because that's, they've kind of given up on it. Right. They, they, they introduced um, Ruffalo in Avengers. Right. And he's very kind of like, we get a little bit of him and they kind of reference this film a little bit. And then he's in, uh, Ragnarok. Those are the most development we get is through these these side. I I think I think there's a way to do him justice. I just don't think anybody's really invested the time. Like I would watch the hell out of a Ruffalo solo Hulk movie. Like I really would. Yeah. Well, and and I wonder if they're leaving room for that because one of the things that I've I've found most interesting. And again, I, I don't read a lot of the the original Hulk mo- comics. I've read a few here and there but like the ultimate hulk where um i don't know if you've ever read the ultimate hulk versus wolverine or wolverine versus hulk i, I still haven't that one is very much on my list so it, fucking good who's the so artist is it finch uh it's uh lionel francis Yu, and it was written oh, by okay. damon lindelof who like oh, you know, okay. lost and yeah, watched yeah. the watchman series on hbo right um and that's the one where i mean it's in issue one so i don't know if it's a spoiler but there's this huge like you know, it's it's Hulk versus Wolverine. So uh, I I won't say what happens, even though it is in like page one of yeah. issue one. But it's just like what the fuck. Um, but a lot of what they dig into is that the uh, the Hulk, like there was a point where in the in the Ultimate Universe, they were going to kill him. They were they they put Banner on an aircraft carrier out in the middle of the ocean, and they were going to bomb it with a nuclear bomb. Right he wakes up at the last minute and just jumps and like, as the bomb's exploding, like, and just sends him off and he's like, okay, well they think I'm dead. So that kind of launches into like the TV series of the Hulk, just kind of wandering around doing yeah. whatever. Um, so it's really funny. You get to step that, that I think more than anything, or at least more than anything else that I've read shows that sort of interaction between Banner and Hulk and how he's trying to come to terms with it. And, um, I think he ends up like, as he's kind of traveling, he ends up like eating because I think he eats a bunch of cows at one point because mm-hmm. he, you know, and it's like, and I think at one point he tries being like a vegetarian, but then someone makes fun of like Tofurky and he gets really mad. And I think he eats <laughs> them because he's like, there's nothing funny about Tofurky. I think that's like a line <laughs> from one of the comics, but it basically comes down to, I think he ends up like living in Tibet, I think. And he basically has this harem of women and I think that's part of what they reference in uh, Ragnarok. He's got right. like the bead necklaces yeah. where he's come to terms with it. And I think, you know, and they, and they hint at this throughout different, in different places, but, you know, it's not about sort of like getting rid of the Hulk. It's about coming to terms with him right. as him being part of Banner. And that's where you first get this, this, you know, 
version of him where he's willingly the Hulk, but he can speak and he's actually smart, you know, be, you know, cause you get that kind of combination of the two, which they did a little bit of that where it was more, I think it was more banner just trying to escape as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, Reconcile. settling into that, which you get. Yeah. And you get the after effect of that in, um, uh, uh, uh infinity war. Right. Right. Cause that's when we have like, like you know, Dr. Hulk or whatever. Yeah. So like, to me, that that's what the movie should be is that journey from him kind of flying off at the end of, you know, where he goes, or I guess, no, from the end of Ragnarok to like Infinity War, where him, Mm -hmm. you know, coming to terms with that, going through that, or it might even be cool to have like snippets in between all the films kind of leading up to that point of, you know, just to kind of show that. So like, that's one of the things I think that, that has made that Hulk really interesting aside from the fact, I mean, maybe the technology wasn't there, but why don't the other two Hulks look like the person who's playing banner? Right. Like that to me was always what was really frustrating. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of it is just that this Hulk looks like Mark Ruffalo. And it's like, yeah, yeah. like it's not a different person. Like he, he grows in like, you know, so his features are exaggerated, but it's, it's starting from the same, you know, the same skeletal, you know, and muscular like setup, right. you know? So it's like, I feel like that was my biggest complaint about those two is just that they don't look like him. It's I, I can't connect them as like, Oh, this is this person turning into this monster. It's like, Oh, it's and you know, so aside the fact that it's like CGI and they're not doing it, I think for incredible Hulk, he did some like mocap, I think, mm. um, which I think was one of the differences. I think the other one was like completely just like digitally animated, right. yeah. I think, you know, and that's part and of I think they, they modeled his movements on like gorillas and stuff. I think they oh, did okay. kind of like a character study in a gorilla it, in a mocap suit. Yeah, yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be great to see an Andy Serkis fucking Hulk. Like that would be <laughs> the next level. He's, I mean, Claw is alive still, or is he? He's, I think, I think he he's still, he's killed. oh no, he's dead. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. that Black Panther, yeah. um, that's the thing. Like the, the Ed Norton one has a little tiny head. He's too ripped. I feel like you need to be like puffy '90s wrestler. Like it needs right. to be like inflata muscles, like anchor arms from from right. SpongeBob. Like he's yeah. big puffy muscles. And like I'm obsessed with the Immortal Hulk comics. I think Al Ewing did a great job making the Hulk a horror monster. Hmm. And he like Banner can't die, and he's trying to kill himself, and the Hulk keeps dragging him back into life. And I think that's a really interesting because he's another one of these characters with multiple people in his head, similar mm-hmm. to Moon Knight, similar to I've always thought Venom and Moon Knight and Hulk. I mean, Immortal Hulk does this kind of really great issue where it's Venom talking to Banner and Hulk inside his head. Mm-hmm. And it's like the symbiosis and uh, there's elements of de- uh, dissociative identity disorder between all three of those characters. And it's that you don't want to make an alter an alter personality evil because that's a bad representation of that disorder. But it's also gamma radiation that caused this. It's a different kind of trauma. It's very comic booky. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought, it, I, he's a great bogeyman, and you mm-hmm. could use that as an arc. You can start as villain, like like horror monster, and the guy trying to cage it, and then them finding this kind of common ground like a werewolf like he's he's like a werewolf like those those analogs it just doesn't seem like they ever did it as well as the best werewolf interpretation you know like like that that's 
that's my main disappointment with it. Is like he's he's a great character. Hulk sells comics. He's been around a long time. People love that character, and he, he just there's so much there to mine, and you can go so many different directions with it. I've been kind of like, and I love the the Planet Hulk stuff, World War Hulk stuff. I love that. Like I loved uh, Indestructible Hulk. Is that the one where he's like Banner has a team is trying to use science to like do stuff, but he has a, a, a deal with uh, uh, Maria Hill through S.H.I.E.L.D. to like, okay, you can have this funding, but we need the big guy sometimes. Like, I really like that di- dynamic. I really like that in the comics. Yeah. And I think that would be a great, that's a great way to, because we have S.H.I.E.L.D., we have all these things. It's like, okay, let's point him at something. But I, what they ended up getting, and they they got the perfect guy. I think Ruffalo is an incredible banner. I like, that's oh, yeah. the thing. I just want to see that character do more in in, like they have the perfect guy. And I think they've done a good job of like interpreting some of those stories later on, but we haven't gotten a solo film, the caliber that I think Hulk deserves, you know? Okay. (laughs) Rewatchability. I don't even remember the plot of this film. It's like, he's in Mexico. There's Liv Tyler. We got a Thunderbolt Ross, which I wish they would fucking do red Hulk. Because I think that's a really interesting character, yeah. like deliberate did, did he die choice. Recently? Um, the actor, John. Yeah, is that uh, John I, yeah. Hurt? Oh no, John, William. William Hurt. William Hurt, I think, is still alive. I think John Hurt passed away, which is his dad. Oh, okay. I think. So, oh, I, don't I thought remember. I saw. Something. Yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, it, maybe he did. I don't. I don't remember. It's been a minute. But rewatchability. This is a pretty low one for me. I'm, I'm going to say maybe like two. Only because, like, like I feel like one is pretty much never rewatch it. But, I, like, I do enjoy some of the fight scenes. Like, the one where he has the cop car as boxing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely some, some, some great... I think some of the transition... Like, the, the transformation is pretty cool, too, from what we yeah. get to see of it. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, I, I think a three for me. I think I, I'm more... Well, it's, it's not irredeemable, you know? Like, I... I it's it's serviceable like it, it's a yeah. movie if it's on in the background i can go and do some stuff with, oh here the fight seats coming up like it, it'd be a good house cleaning movie <laughs> yeah 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 it's definitely not a movie i dislike but i'm just not excited about yeah maybe i'll bump it up to three yeah like i'll save i'll save one and two for movies i like kind of dislike and i'm just yeah. like oh i yeah i was disappointed by this or don't care about this i actually I don't know if there are any that i dislike to that degree but yeah yeah we'll say we'll say three yeah i like three that leaves yeah cause it's yeah it's, it's definitely not a bad movie it's just not not good yeah i think like like you said plot wise it's it's kind of weak and then on top of that like because hulk's not really one of the, my favorites one of the characters i'm that interested in you know and i feel like yeah they could have done more with the jekyll and hyde like you said so it's like yeah it's it's I feel like it has flaws, but it's not terrible. Yeah, it's just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult because it, we 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 meet up with Banner after the accident. I think it's always interesting to do the accident and show him going. And that's the thing; like they're doing another Hulk. This is before Amazing Spider-Man, right? So this is the first kind of attempt at a reboot of a superhero character that's Marvel. So I think they didn't want to do the origin story again, which I think right. is a, a fair point. Like I understand, but like I think it's it's. I don't know why is he in Mexico? Why is he working at this soda factory? I there's there's a lot of why. Why are you doing it this way? You could have done anything with it. But 
that doesn't make it unwatchable just not one i want to return to all that much yeah i also wish i mean they they introduced at the end like was it the leader is that the the character that they kind of create when the stuff drips and his head starts like expanding like i think that's like oh right yeah leader leader's an interesting character in the comics so i wonder it would be really fun if all of a sudden he pops up like in this new run of like stuff because it's like hey like here's a here's a villain we kind of teased and created that we haven't used yet. Like, let's throw him in there like that. That I think would be an amazing way. Like, especially now at the point where it's like, you've done all this stuff to kind of like shock us and be like, Oh, they're not going to do that. Oh shit. They did that. You know, it's like, that would be, I think another thing to be like, Oh, Oh damn. You know? And I mean, who knows, maybe in multiverse of madness, we'll get like Eric Bana or, um, um, uh, uh, Edward Norton Ooh. coming back is that you know their version of Hulk maybe will pop back in or maybe you know oh we could get like a maestro like an old man Hulk from the old man Logan continuity that oh, kind of yeah. war zones that would be cool like if Eric Bana Hulk comes and he's got the beard and stuff like that would yeah. be that would be cool yeah and so that's the thing is like I mean how yeah how much how much are the people willing to jump into that you know and be a part of that and you know so. Um, I think that would that would be a cool thing to do is if you yeah, if you had like the Edward Norton Hulk, even though that's part of the Marvel Universe, you could right. almost be like, oh, it's kind of multiverse. It's a different right. actor. But like bring the leader in and like the two of them have been in this separate pocket universe duking it out, you know, or something like that. I think that would be a good way to bring that back and a, a good way to, you know, kind of remind us that that was a thing. You know, that was a seed that was planted that nothing ever came of. You know? yeah. It's funny, as I'm looking at the IMDb list, it has a recommendation for these films. So IMDb says for Iron Man, see it. Incredible Hulk, see it or don't. And then for the next one, it says skip. For the next Iron one, Man yeah. 2. Oh. Although, so, well, that, what I was going to say is probably the best thing about the Incredible Hulk is the post credit scene. Where it's, right. you know, it's Thunderbolt really Ross and, and yeah. you know, um, which, you know, so that, yeah, that being the thing that, like, confirmed, like, these films are actually connected. Like for the first time we are, we are building something that spans multiple films in the same universe, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's probably the best thing about that. Film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 2010 Iron Man two. So this one I remember being super hyped for. I feel like they upped all of the marketing. They really doubled down on ACDC mm-hmm. and, like we got Sam Rockwell playing J- Justin Hammer, we mm. get Mickey Rourke playing Whiplash, and like Don Cheadle comes in for Terrence Howard to play Rhodey. Like th- this seemed like in in all of the best and worst ways about sequels, a little bit louder, a little bit worse. Mm. I, I I I remember being really hyped to see this, and I I, I enjoy this one. Like it, it's very much like. Yeah. This is where you kind of get suit fatigue because it's all suits and you realize, oh, Iron Man only fights other dudes in suits. Um, <laughs> but at the time, it was like, okay, it's enough because you kind of had whiplash in addition to the hammer drones. Yeah, I remember coming out of this one really, like, I liked it. I was really stoked because I loved Mickey Rourke. I thought he was such a great actor and had seen him in some cool stuff. And I was like we starting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was coming back. This was part of his his Renis, the Rorkasans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, like, and and I I feel like where they where they need to take a lesson from is 
you know, I feel like Spider-Man 2 is probably the best superhero or one of the best, probably, or, or I, I should say up until Winter Soldier. Probably a lot of people would say that is like the best. Well, and then Dark Knight. So, I, so Dark Knight so, is in that conversation, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So a few, a few films have gotten it right. And at least for me, like one of the things that made Spider-Man 2 so great was they didn't try to say, well, it's number two. We have to have two villains. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like having Justin Hammer and also having Whiplash, which I think didn't they even say that Whiplash was actually a combination between Whiplash and Crimson Dynamo, because that's why, like, when they put him in a suit of armor, he's got the whips, but he's also got the armor. So it was kind of like an amalgamation of two villains. Plus you have, um, yeah, plus you have, uh, like, Justin Hammer kind of in the background, and there's the whole story with it. And, I mean, I don't know. Then again, like, I guess you could say, like, oh, well, like, there are just multiple elements kind of happening in parallel, which I feel like, hey, that's life. You know, you've got this problem to deal with over here, but it doesn't mean you don't have any other problems brewing over here. Like, that's happening at the same time. You know, the whole, you know, war machine armor kind of going on. And right. um, So, I, I mean, I think the thing, yeah, the my biggest complaint about that movie I think is like this, that sort of army of drones that like whiplash kind of reprograms. So it's like, you know, I thought he was a cool enough villain, just having the whips that could actually yeah. like, you know, and, you know, having it kind of powered from a similar thing to, to Tony's and then having it like that one part where it's like burning through his armor. Like, right. so it's like, Oh, this can't just sit on my armor. This, you know, um, I mean, even the fact that he kind of one ups, one ups it by having a, his own suit of armor and the whip, you know, the whips, but then it's like, oh, there's also like this army of drones that I've taken over. It's like it was, a little, it was a little too like Star Wars for me, you know, Star Wars Episode mm. One and Two, like oh yeah, very battle droid, yeah. So it, like I think I think that to me was the part that I I cared the least about. Um, That's the thing because the trailers built up Mickey Rourke as the villain. And then yeah. it was like, yeah, he's there, but also there are these drones, and it just felt like, okay, we've yeah. got a CGI baddie. And it, like, it's cool to see like the War Machine team up against those guys, because that's kind of yeah. the thing. You want enough people to throw at them so you can do some carnage with the 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 bunker buster thing that doesn't end up working, like the performance yeah. uh, <laughs> thing. Like I, And it's one of those things where it's like, there's a lot in it, but I love Sam Rockwell as hammer i think he's the perfect amount of what that character is like i just i wouldn't want to lose him but i i let like the drones less that's the other thing like rourke's character has such strong motivations like if you can make a god bleed he ceases to be a god and i like the the story about like we're bringing in like tony stark kind of muscled his dad out of the business so there's like a legacy thing going on kind of ham-fisted i don't know how that is in the comics but i i don't know i liked that character i liked him kind of butting up against justin hammer maybe if it had been like oh i want you to make me a suit and then you just do the same thing where it's like okay the suit doesn't quite work for you the way you wanted me to do it i'm gonna use this to fuck up iron man something like that um i want them to fly around they can make salute they, they can make a salute. What? <laughs> like drone is better. What? No, dr- I want a suit. Yeah. I also love the, uh, um, when they do the, I think it's in the first one where they have Justin Hammer at the hearing and they were showing like the footage of people testing their own suits. Oh, and it like twists it? around. It, it like, twists, twists around. Yeah. And it, that pilot survived by the way. <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. And I love Rockwell as like the showman, like he wants to be Tony Stark so bad. So he's coming out and he's like dancing up to the mic and stuff. Like he's trying to be this guy. I don't know. It 
And then yeah. like we get we get the Black Widow introduction too, which I'm never going to complain about because <laughs> I love her introduction in this. That's the thing; it has a lot of good pieces. I feel like yeah. And and I mean, and I think part of it for me too is that that first scene when we get Whiplash, when he's like on the racetrack and he like cuts the front of the car, like it cuts through his whips, cut through the fucking engine, yep. and it like and there's the whole thing with the the suitcase that's like the portable suit that yeah. he puts on, like so much of that was just so cool. But I feel like that's what in what like the first half hour yeah. of the movie or something like that, and I feel for like. Sure. I don't think there's anything throughout the rest of the film that tops that in terms of like action and intensity and like right. surprise and everything, you know. And it um, fucks Tony up. That's the other thing. Like he's been flying high. There's nothing yeah. that can beat him, right? Like, and so for him to come, and that's the thing, he doesn't have to do much damage. He just has to do it publicly. And he, yeah. he knows Stark. So he's like, oh yeah, you he's gonna drive his fucking race car. And I can do, I can embarrass him on two fronts, the millionaire showboating, but also Iron Man. And I think that was just so, they started so good. And then the kind of like, as it progressed, it got less and less compelling. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great way. See, I don't know that I would want that to be the end. Cause it was a great way. Yeah. Like where, you know, that, that formula of the the villain and the hero have their first fight and the hero kind of loses or barely wins. But yeah, there's kind of like notch taken down and it's like, Oh shit. Now I have to build up from that. Um, You know, kind of like with the Avengers when they kind of are fighting in the middle before they learn how to team up and then they're trying, you know, so it had that element. Uh, It also has one of, one of my favorite lines in all of the Marvel cinematic universe where him and pepper are dancing. I think that's in two where they're at that party and she's telling him how, like, you know, you couldn't live without me. He's like, yeah, I could. And she's like, what's your social security number? And he's like, two. One. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I have no you for the other eight. What, yeah, what no about the other eight? eight? I've got you for the other eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It kind of was a kung fu setup, right? Like, you, you, the, the brash youngster fights the master and gets his ass kicked. And then he spends the time training. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. What what does Iron Man really do to to progress? Because he he gets beat and then he gets drunk and then Fury says or like Rhodey takes one of the suits and then Fury is like the fuck is wrong with you and then he figures out I guess he has to figure out his the new element right for his uh, the arc reactor because it's infecting him and he's dying it's doing yeah. so many things he's like getting that poisoning like instead of just being you got your ass kicked by whip whiplash he's yeah. also dealing with his dad and then his dad has the like the architecture of the molecule that he needs it's just the perfect thing that he needs that's also a little maybe i don't like this one as much as i <laughs> i i remember enjoying like it's it's a fun kind of romp i guess i would call it yeah, yeah i forgot about the whole oh yeah he's got to like get his blood to stop being toxic Oh, and he's got there's the whole thing where his father has that model of like yeah. the town and it's like oh and he has like to the words, all the world's stuff fair. And, yeah. Yeah, and creates like yeah, and like the formula like like I like that part of it that, that it was like hidden in this model. Um but yeah, the fact that his dad knew that this was the thing he was gonna need and like, yeah. like you know passing it on, you know, I, like was weird. I'm, and, I'm also not crazy about the the triangle arc reactor logo. I yeah. I like the just pure circle, like from yeah. the comics. I could they change and i also like the hot red hot rod red and gold the golden rod mm-hmm. i once it went to like a silver accent piece to it i was like oh i hope the other suits don't end up being just silver and, yeah. and 
red. Well, that was that was the like the one he had at the racetrack, right? Yeah, yeah, his like the Which, the football yeah. he called it. Yeah, yeah. To me, like I kind of saw that as like, well, this is the portable one, so it's yeah. like all of the silver is just metal. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, we didn't we didn't bother to paint this. This is just the on the road version kind right. of thing. You know? Well, because in the first one, like for him to get in in and out of that suit, there was so much tech, <laughs> yeah. right? And he gets stuck, right? He's like, you caught me doing worse stuff than this, like. <laughs> Uh, gross <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, yeah, I think iron man 2 is like i mean it's it, i think it's yeah it's probably a typical sequel where yeah got some stuff right but was also like okay you know what you know you kind of steered this wrong but yeah i don't know yes like in terms of rewatchability it it's kind of up there because there are parts of it that i again I, I do enjoy watching um i'd probably give it like maybe a six you know? Yeah, I'm thinking in the five and six range. I feel like yeah. it's it's definitely watchable. If if it's on, I'll sit down and watch it. Like it, it it wouldn't be like if it was on TNT. You know that used to be my my metric. If it was on yeah. TNT and it went to commercial, would I pull it out of my DVD case and start where I where it stops? Like mm-hmm. like um, sometimes you will watch a movie on TV even though he has that movie on the DVD. <laughs> Pointing this out to him only frustrates him. <laughs> um, everything's a Mulaney callback. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think for me it's probably a five. I think it's just dead center, mm-hmm. like uh, perfectly serviceable. I think it it would be a great one to watch with somebody so we could talk shit about it as it's going on. I think it's got great performances. I think it's a great characterization of Hammer. I don't know anything about him in the comics, but in my head. Justin Hammer is always going to be Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Like what a great character. What a great actor to play that guy. Like I, I, I'm wishing we saw more of him. Like I want him to come back. I want like a Thunderbolts with Hammer, you know, like that, that kind of yeah. him and Baron Zemo, like collaborating or something. Don't we get him in, is it, is it in like, is it that hail to the King, like little short that they do with, uh, Trevor uh Trevor Slattery, <laughs> you know, the Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the because they're both in maybe, prison, yeah, I yeah. think. Isn't there a shot with like Justin Hammer at one point uh-huh. in that I think? So it's kind of just like, hey, he's still here, you know. Gotcha. Like, Is that on the raft? Or like are they on the raft? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure if they if they work that into continuity or if it's just like, oh, it's just in prison or whatever, but Oh, we got. <laughs> we haven't had that Shang Chi discussion. I'm all I'm mad that we're not talking about that because yeah. that was a callback that I wasn't expecting that I fucking loved. Oh, they totally leaned into it too. He's there for such a long time. That was another thing. Like I, again, it's is nobody's fault but my own. While well, in in COVID and school, but like. I, I on Instagram, like I saw pictures of like opening night and oh, you know, no. Sir Ben Kingsley was there. I'm like, oh, I guess Why? he's going to be in Shang-Chi. Like, God no. damn it. <laughs> that was totally unexpected. <laughs> Iron Man 2 got a six from, from Tim and a five from me. Yeah. What's Christus? Or is she in the room? <laughs> no, no, I'm looking at my D. Oh, okay. Sometimes the, uh, when you look over there, it's to the wife. <laughs> yeah, no, usually it's it's there. Uh, she's coming in the door. This is <laughs> this is my bookshelf where my films are, so I can look. Okay, what's up next? Oh, Thor. Okay, got it. <laughs> 2011, Thor, directed by the great Kenneth Branagh. Wait, that was really 2011. That's 2011. Eleven years ago, Thor came out. Fuck. Right. 
that must have, it was it was May I think too right because I think I think oh. I remember going with friends to see that for my birthday because I think it came out around my birthday. Shit, I wonder if that's the last Marvel film I saw in Rhode Island before moving out here because it was like wow August of 2011 was when I moved out here. I unless I can't Captain believe America we came out and later. It is crazy to me that we didn't know each other as these first phase was coming out. Like we yeah. became friends in the midst of this franchise. And it's crazy. Cause I feel like I, I would have, you would have been the guy I talked to about all of these things. Right, <laughs> like I yeah. just had Zeke before you, <laughs> like <laughs> he was getting yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like I had, you know, I mean, most of my friends back home were into to comic books to some degree, or at least the comic book movies, you know, wouldn't necessarily read comic books, but when the movies came out, like, Oh yeah, I'm into comic book characters. Um, but yeah, then to move out here, yeah, I had to find new, new people out here to see these movies with. And, um, yeah. So what, just to peek ahead, what, when did Captain America come out? I'm just, I'm interested. That was 2011 where, as well. Same what, year. What does it say? What month? This doesn't. Okay. It's also funny for these two films, IMDb recommends find a recap of it. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb is cold blooded. Damn. <laughs> So, okay, well, anyway, back to Thor. Yeah, I think that came out May then. Because I remember I remember going to see a Thor movie with my friends, like, for my birthday. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, and, it, and it's one of those things, yeah, like, where it's it was a very different tone than everything else that had come up, which yeah. it was like, well, yeah, it should be. You know, they're like, they're they're space gods, like, you know, like, you know, and, and, and I feel like that's part of it, too. Like, how how do you handle that? You know, like, yeah. like what does that look like, you know, in, in such a way that, makes sense you know and um but but i mean again like i wasn't a huge fan of thor going into this so i had low expectations and i i I really liked it you know it's not one of my favorites but like i thought it it worked for me the you know the way of being like oh like how do we work these space pirates in like i feel like when they first show them in asgard and he's got the helmet and thor and uh, loki has the horns like i feel like they were at this kind of like ceremony so it's like oh okay that's like this ceremonial garb they're wearing Mm -hmm. but he doesn't wear that throughout the whole fucking film like he does in the comics like this you know silver dome with the wings you know so it was like oh that's perfect that's a perfect way to have this nod but not have to look at him wearing that the whole film you know right um it's also like this was the the start of the trend of like the marvel movie heroes don't have to wear the hat that they wear (laughs) the same thing with uh uh, captain america right because when we see him i'm jumping ahead but when we see him in the fucking like punch like the the uh um war bond things like hitler in the jaw (laughs) like he's wearing that stupid little half helmet thing and it looks bad like they they abandon that as soon as they need to and i think that's such a great and that's the thing leading up to the i i remember the marketing for this i i got the slurpees with the little figurines on the straws and the the thor on the i i i remember that being a big deal and it was kenneth brana who i was a fan of from like high school we watched like his Hamlet and like his mm-hmm. Henry the Eighth and stuff. I I love his Shakespeare stuff. So it's like, oh, cool. They're like, this is a different genre. Like, it, that's the thing. Hulk wasn't really a different genre. It, mm. it was it was more like sci-fi e, but it felt very yeah. much in the same genre as Iron Man. This is the first MCU film that really deviated and became a different genre of film. Yeah, um, because it's like this space opera. I remember seeing it as kind of like, oh, he's going to fight the big thing just in a dusty road in a on on Earth. 
So like I I really like the cosmic stuff. I like the Asgard. I like when they go to see the Frost Giants. I like the scale of this the, that stuff. But mm-hmm. it, it just they kept bringing it back to Earth. It's like who fucking cares? That was my big thing. And like this, it did a good job of grounding the space cosmic weird stuff. It's like mm-hmm. magic is science that we don't understand yet. And I thought they that they spent so much time doing that in this film, so that when we got to Moon Knight and there's Egyptian gods, we could just yeah, aliens, weird cosmic shit. Like just when we get Galactus or eventually or uh, Ego, the Living Planet, we're not asking those questions. It's like how could right. this exist in this universe? It's like no, like humans don't understand this shit, but there's a huge cosmic universe, right? And this is great. It's a great kind of fish out of water inverted, right? Because it's not it's not Jane Foster going to Asgard and experiencing that like she does in the second one. Mm-hmm. But it's it's him coming down and being weird and not really understanding how humanity works or like science works and any of that stuff. Like and I think Hemsworth Hemsworth is perfectly cast. Like I don't know that there's anybody else I don't know, like the guy in the comics to the guy on screen, mm-hmm. Hemsworth was like perfect. So he, yeah. he was big. He, like I, I don't know. Like I felt like I was excited to see it. I saw it. And it's like the the third act is kind of. Eh, I I like the the annihilator, right? That's what it's called, the big metal so. dude. And I, I like that, but it was like he's just kind of doing in this podunk town. It kind of gave me like Man of Steel vibes, where they're trying to capture the Superman two fight, but it wasn't as compelling. You know, because he's so big, and he—I guess the Val, the the Valkyrie and like his uh, his backup is there, right? Like his like what is the the Merry Men? I can't remember the name of uh, Thor's the, buddies. Something three or something. I, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, the Merry Three or whatever the yeah. fuck they were. Like yeah. well, yeah, and they made the stakes lower by putting it in this little dusty, desolate yeah. street. Like he wasn't plowing through the city, the streets of New York, like using his laser beam to just cut right. down skyscrapers. You know, like, and I, I think they were trying to like, okay, at this point they were like, okay, we're doing the Avengers. So how do we do the Avengers and a Thor level threat without like fucking everything up? Right. You know, like I, I think I don't know, like. At this point, trying to figure out what the scale is and how, where to go, because they're kind of introducing cosmic stuff. So Chitari and then Thanos show up at some point, and then right. Loki, like way, way further is Thanos, but like Loki and the cosmic and the Chitari and then the Tesseract, all of that stuff. Like this really has to be the gateway to that, and I don't know if it functions as well as an individual film for me as it does as like this kind of the beginning of the cosmic lexicon for these films, you know? Well, and that's what's interesting, too, like, when, you know, like, Marvel's kind of holy trinity of Iron Man and Captain America, you know, I think that that's that's kind of part of it, too, is, like, maybe that those three kind of represent, like, also just three aspects of the universe. You know, you have, you know, Iron Man kind of representing, like, okay, like, we could have tech, you know, in the, this fictional tech that's better than any tech that actually like works in our universe. So if you kind of suspend your disbelief, it, but it's actually built by a person. So you can kind of believe that that's possible. You know, we're just not smart enough. We're not as smart as Tony. That's why we don't have this tech. Right. Then you have like complete opposite end of the spectrum. Like, yeah, like 
space, you know, gods, you know, from another realm, you know, aliens coming down and, you know, have come here before. And we, we thought they were gods because, you know, we were stupid and that's where that mythology comes from. And, you know, which, which is totally cool. And then you have like with cap where it's like, Oh, we can actually alter humans, you know, that, that, you know, like, you know, people like, like Spider-Man, you know, people who have things happen to them that makes them, super but it's it's something that's within their body you know whereas you know tony relies on his his intelligence and the tech he built and in the suit but he himself has no powers whereas like you know cap is like a superhuman you know right so it's like the built hero the born hero and the engineered hero you know like that different like the genetically engineered hero versus the born cosmic space jesus hero yeah (laughs) and then the the engineer who builds himself a better body in 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 a certain sense yeah yeah no that's so that, like, that's yeah. fair so yeah so i mean i and that was part of it too like it didn't yeah like i i i that that difference and i i i see what you're saying too about spending so much time on earth but i feel and you know whether it was the fact that they decided we want to spend time on earth how do we justify that like oh have Odin cast him out, you know, right. which I feel like that's, that's a legit story and a legit. Yeah. It's a Thor. It's, it's a Thor origin. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, I love to see the manipulation of Loki too. Like how he's like fucking with him on earth and then fucking with people in Asgard. Like it's almost like this was more of a Loki movie than a Thor movie, you know, yeah. and how, you know, how the, the, the two of them, it's not, it's almost like a Batman Joker and thing where the two are kind of entwined by fate or whatever, but, but like that there is also that sort of brotherhood where they're not, right. they don't hate each other, you know? So it's this really cool dynamic and um, yeah. How Loki isn't this sort of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's his, his mind and his mischief that makes him a villain, you know, and his manipulation. It's not like, you know, Oh, I have superpower. I mean, it does have powers, but like, right. you know, like how, it's, yeah, it's almost like a Superman Luther kind of thing. Like, okay, I don't have superpowers, so how do I go up against this person who's super strong and invincible? Like, oh, I have to use my mind to manipulate things, you know? Right. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed that. I And it, and it also called, you know, again, that was something that called back to uh, the Ultimates, I think, where, yeah, in, in that story, there for, for a lot of the beginning of the Ultimates, you know, like, is, is Thor, like, you know, delusional. Cause like he's saying that he's from Asgard, but like, there's almost like, they're almost hinting like he's just some guy from the Netherlands who's like delusional and happens to have this hammer, but the hammer is actually tech. It's not really magic. And, mm-hmm. and there's one point where they put like Thor, like in, into like, you know, a rubber room and he has like, you know, this, you know, he's like, this guy comes in and he, I think he's like, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so's, um, you know, psychiatrist, you know, like he's, you know, we've been dealing with it and, and convinces the the ultimates that Thor is crazy. And it's actually Loki in disguise. And he actually is who he says he is. So it was like, so cool that like going into like the ultimates, you knew you were getting a different version of the Avengers. You didn't know if Thor was actually a God or not, or if he was just some guy. So like they were able to play with that. So I like, you know, again, that there was a little nod to that where, Oh, Thor's locked up and Loki, Loki's going to kind of come in and manipulate things and, you know, kind of, kind of shoot down what Thor is saying and, you know, kind of convince everybody that like, Oh yeah, you shouldn't believe what he's saying. You know, it's not, it's not sane, you know? And um, so I thought that was really cool. I, I love, I, I love the moment of him fighting to get to the hammer and still not being able to lift it. Cause he's not, yeah. worthy, you know, him thinking that like, Oh, I just have to lift up the hammer. And then how, you know, again, that, that point where the hero, 
gets this con this this moment of confrontation and kind of not necessarily loses but kind of crumbles as a result of it right. gets you know their self-esteem shot down and it's just like it was so great to to see that and to see him have to work himself back up from there which this you is know the introduction of hawkeye too like with the yeah. shield and i, I rem- so the post credits from iron man 2 where we see the hammer mm. oh yeah that got me so fucking hyped I was like, they're doing Thor? What? Like, and then they do that whole thing, right? Where it's, uh, uh, that's the, uh, Stan Lee, like he he puts it on the hitch and he pulls the, (laughs) the (laughs) did I get it? (laughs) And it becomes, I I like the, the Arthurian legend thing. It's like, who can lift the hammer? That whole thing. And then Mm -hmm. you, you really get a good look at Shield too in that, right? Like where there's this, like, this, was that introduction to Coulson too? Was was that was that the the post credits? Because he's the one who like goes up. Oh no, he's in he's in Iron Man one or two. He's in Iron Man one or two because he's trying to have a meeting with Tony or somebody. Oh, one, yeah, I think it's even in. I think one. it's the first one. He's like, yeah. you got to find a, a shorter name for that. Just call it Shield. Like they, yeah. there's definitely like that. That's what, he, yeah. so he's, he's, he's trying to talk to Pepper and Pepper yeah. like that that thing. All-star cast. Like, I was just, I was, I, I was more hyped for this one because, like, oh, they're doing Thor. That's such an int- How are they going to put it in this universe? Because it was so, like, he's space Jesus, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's just such an, and you've got Anthony Hopkins, you got Natalie Portman. I think the Skarsgård, uh, the elder Skarsgård is in it, who plays the, the other scientist who ends up going oh, yeah. mad. Um, I think Hiddleston, this is like before Hiddleston was like a big, big thing. Like this was kind of like the launching of mm-hmm. that whole thing. Like, yeah, interest, like a big hype up. And I think it just kind of fell flat a little bit for me in the, the final act. And third acts are hard. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing, the CGE in it is incredible. There's no m- point in it where I'm like, oh, that looks kind of wonky. Like I, I really enjoyed the effects and the, the scale of Asgard and the Gort, like how it, that golden city that looks like a, a, a organ pipes. Like I, yeah, I yeah. think they just did such a great job of building that. I just wanted to spend more time in Asgard. I think. Mm-hmm. I like the, the, like with the, what was it? The annihilator, whatever the hell it was that we were yeah. saying. Like, I, I, I like how it's, how just like inevitable it is and how like invincible. And it's just like, you know, and it, it like it, it makes it scary, you know, not not the way it looks, but like just the way it's it's this machine, and it's just like it's going to do a thing, and you can't stop it, you know, and and like that's kind of like what it took to get Thor to that like hero moment, you know, right. of like okay, I've got to sacrifice myself and put myself, and it's like, and I I think it needed to be that relentless for there to be that point of like yeah, like he has to go into this kind of knowing he's going to die, not like the arrogance of like, I will beat this thing. It'll be fine. You know? And, and so I thought that was, that was really cool. It was really a brilliant way to kind of build that together, you know, to be, yeah. Like the one thing that could kill him is the one thing that did save him in a sense, you know, like that, that leveled him up, you know? Um, Yeah. I thought it was, Oh, that's right. I, I, I wanted to go back to like one of my other two favorite lines in all of the Marveldom, the, 
you know, uh, oh, this coffee's good. Bring me another. Smashes him. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> you're not in your father's house. And then, <laughs> but he goes in the fucking pet store. I just going to say. Horse. <laughs> I need a horse. <laughs> what? Give me something. To, give me big enough dog to ride. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I, I, yeah, I love those moments of just like, you know, because like you kind of forget for a minute, you almost like, oh, he's just a big dude, you know, kind of making his way through this world. And, you know, he doesn't have his armor on. Right. When he's so wearing he, jeans, there's yeah, a different kind of dynamic. Hiding. Yeah. But it's like the way he just like so confidently will stand out and you're reminded like, oh, yeah, he's not from here. <laughs> like he doesn't, yeah. you know. I just like the first action sequence in that movie is him at, on Jotunheim fighting ice giants. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. And then we, he's in, he's in a wild west town where nobody's there and it's just gray. Like we go from this uh, cold, blue, otherworldly, like ice, awful planet with these giant dudes and he's like knocking wood. And then he, he's fighting this silver thing in a podunk town. Like I, I don't know. Like I think the, the scale is the thing that I really <laughs> is the more I think about it, the more it's irking me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that adds up. Like, yeah. Like I feel like you have to, you have to justify that last fight scene from a sort of story development point. Of and view. that's the thing. Like, they, like yeah. Oh yeah. This is more exciting than the first fight I saw. Like, no, it's not, you know, like right. you've got, to, you've got, to it's a character it. moment. Like yeah. it's supposed to be for character growth and he's supposed to sacrifice himself. And that's what makes him worthy. Like, yeah, yeah it, it, it Fire, but they they just come out so hard with like here's Yodenheim, here's the yeah. realms of of Asgard and stuff like yeah. yeah. And again, yeah, speaking of having to analyze it for it to be impressive, like it it almost it shows like the duality too of like this is him going in picking a fight that he shouldn't have started. And it's more fantastical, but you know he's kind of in the wrong there. Yeah. Whereas, like the 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 fight that's kind of more chill and off the radar, like that's the the more heroic fight, right? It's not right. the the one that he's seeking as this sort of Viking of like I need to do battle. That's right. what I am. It's like no, it's like I have to do this because there's a threat that I have to stop. You know. So it's like yeah, like everything about that is all yeah, it's all story and character. You know, and it's like. And 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 I don't, like I said, in order to appreciate it, you have to kind of justify it. And I think that's another justification is that if it was a big epic battle, that there's almost an element of like, well, you didn't learn your lesson. Like you're doing it for the glory of this epic battle, not like this one little battle that no nobody's seeing. You know, there are no, there, you know, there, it, it's not like, oh, I'm doing battle for the glory and of the the fight and the world right. to see, and so that my name will be inscribed on the on the halls of Valhalla. You know, it's like. Right. It's just, you know, there's YouTube. no glory. There's no audience. Yeah. It's about that. Yeah. That's fair. I guess that, that, that you've, you've convinced me that's, that, that yeah. makes but, more but sense again, from a yeah. character art. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like you have to do the work <laughs> to, right. for that to for, actually work as a battle. You know, the other thing is like for, for the inevitable arc of Thor that we see through, uh, um, dark crystal or what dark world and then Ragnarok. Like for that character to develop the way that he does, it needs to start in this place. Mm -hmm. It's it's a necessary film for that character because if he came out Ragnarok from the jump, mm -hmm. why is he like that? How does it like he really had? We have to see him and Loki at this point, these points, for them to grow into the characters that we know and love. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's also interesting too. I mean, you know, and again, like I'm gonna add a layer of justification that maybe wasn't intended, but 
you know, them, them being quote unquote gods and living for, you know, centuries, millennia, we don't know. Maybe it's kind of like Grogu, you know, it's like, Oh, this care, this person's 50 years old, but he's a baby. Like maybe yeah. Thor and Loki are like children in terms right. of their total lifespan, you know, so no challenge, so, no, you know, of yeah. course they're, they're doing things that are, that are kind of silly. They're doing things that, you know, they're reacting in ways that it's like, Oh, no adult would act that way. Like, you know, they look like full grown men, but yeah, maybe they're still children in terms of the scope of their overall lifespan, you know? Um, and that's the other thing is like the Thor at the beginning of that film, puny human, right? Like fuck right. humanity. They're wor- like in the same way that Loki is very much like you are made to be subjects. Right. Right. So like for, it's another, I, it, I'm coming around a little bit more that like <laughs> the scale has to be smaller because Thor has to care about individual people to be right. Thor. It has to matter to him that one life is significant. Yeah. It's like Titanic, you know, if it was a movie just about a boat sinking, we wouldn't care. Like right. you have to, to fall in love with this love story between uh, these two people. Uh, sometimes or... that's not even enough to like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> in my case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rewatchability for Thor. I would say maybe maybe seven or eight. You know, I feel a little bit more so maybe than than Iron Man two. Interesting. This one's a four for me. Hmm. I, I if it's on, I'll watch it. It's one of those ones where, like, if I get busy doing something else, like, dirt it towards the end of it, I'll be fine. Not like going back and rewinding to where I stopped watching. I think this is. It, it's. I really like the world building that it does. I'm just mm-hmm. less interested in the last conflict, even though I've convinced you <laughs> have helped me convince myself that it is a valid story arc. <laughs> <laughs> So you said a uh, seven or an eight. That's high. Yeah. That's, 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 I'll say, actually I'll say seven. Yeah. Cause like, you know, the more I think about it, like, not that I would like pick that off the shelf and be like, Ooh, yeah, let's watch Thor. I would, I guess maybe here's how we should have done it is like, sure. If you're going to watch from beginning all the way through, are there any, you would skip? Maybe that's what uh... I'm like. I might, if I'm going to watch them all the way through, Maybe I would actually skip Incredible Hulk, you know, and be like, I don't need, yeah. I know that, or I don't need to see it again. As opposed to like, I might watch that if I'm like, oh, I'm in the mood for a kind of violent kind of action kind of thing. Let's put uh-huh. that on. Um, whereas with like Thor, I feel like as part of the overall story, I feel like it's it's a nice chunk to put in there. But but yeah, like if I was going to watch one movie just on its own. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would again, not as likely as, as Iron Man, but like, right. I might. Yeah. I think, I think seven. Yeah. We'll settle in. Not, not, not an eight, definitely a seven though. Probably more yeah. so than Iron Man two. But see, I feel like if I, if I'm doing a rewatch Thor, I have to watch it. Like, I think yeah. it, it, it's too integral and there's things like there, there's definitely world building things in it that are necessary and that I enjoy enough that I would watch. Yeah. Like it, it, it I let's that's why it's it's a four and not a a two or a one is like it it, it's definitely one that I think is necessary to the cycle right even if you're Mm -hmm. doing just phase one of the phase one films it's pretty necessary to establish the cosmic stuff that comes in in the Avengers and even in our next one Captain America first Avenger which is also 2011 um very different film than anything before, very different marketing, very different 
film language, almost a dot, like a, a, a biopic, like mm-hmm. historical drama change. This, and uh, Cap goes through the, I would say the most genre fluct. Well, no, I think Thor goes through the most genre fluctuation, but this, you get very kind of historical epic. Then you got espionage with uh, winter soldier and then kind of comic book nonsense with civil war, which I really love. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is the one I was least excited to see, and then when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is great! This is this is something new." Um, and we get to see uh, uh, Human Torch redeemed. <laughs> I think Chris Hemsworth does just a great, a great job. There's some there's some walkiness to kind of his more slender frame in like the, that CG is not the, the the best rendered stuff. He gets really big, which is really cool. I no, this is a I like this film a lot. I think it has one of the best cast villains in the MCU. I it's an incredible I, I really like this one. I think this was also the first one that Alan Silvestri scored, which I feel like oh, okay. you know, so it's 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 another sort of level of seed being planted where it's yeah. like, you know, I think can't remember a lot of who the other composers were. I think for the first Iron Man, I think it's um, uh, uh, Ramin Javadi, the the guy who did Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. The first, so it's like there, you know there are these these composers who it's like oh yeah okay like I, I I've heard some of their music in the past decade or two. I guess at that point yeah in the past decade. Whereas with like Alan Silvestri, like oh that's you know on the, the Back to the Future, you know like yeah. so like we're, we're we're serious here. This is like you know. Um, so I think we're not skipping you know, on the music. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the fact that it's like, you know, okay, we got to do world war two. Like this is supposed to be a period film. You know, we need someone, you know, we can't have someone coming in who's just going to like put a bunch of, you know, techno synth shit under this, you know, like we've got to do this right, you know, and then that kind of laying the groundwork for, you know, I think, I know he does like, uh, I think he does Avengers, the first one, and then he does infinity war and, Endgame. Yeah. So, like having that through line that kind of started with the first Avenger and kind of build through the the other, you know, the quote unquote better Avengers films. <laughs> which, hey, three out of four isn't bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, well, we'll, we'll we could talk about the one. <laughs> that's, that's next time. But uh, but yeah, so having having him come in to create this very, I, I yeah, I think them trying to create a very grounded period, you know, World War Two film oh yeah i think you know it was a perfect marriage to to have him you know someone who's been around the block someone who's you know pre the sort of hybrid score electronica you know era who could come in and and capture that era in the music there's a gravitas to it that's different from the other ones it really feels like and again i think i saw this one kind of under fire because it's like okay avengers is coming i have to see this one and by the end of it, it's like, oh, I'm I'm glad I saw that. I'll see it again, and then I'll be ready for Avengers. Like, you you definitely got a sense that this was the one the one that they were turning on. This was where it was transitioning from a, a bit of Easter eggs moving up to this big. This this felt like its own thing, but also this jump start into the next one. And I thought that was it. it the, the music definitely lended itself to that, which was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that's the other thing too, is like going into this, like I'm not interested in sort of like war films right. or, you know, wars and, you know, and it was definitely one that I was like, 
you know, maybe thinking, Oh, this might be the one I like the least, you know, yeah. because it's, you know, it's like, I, and again, same as I said earlier with Iron Man, like I got into cap because of the civil war comics and was reading more of his stuff, but the stuff I was reading after civil war was dipping back into where they like introduced this, the, the, the winter soldier stuff, you know? Yeah. So like, even though I had become more interested in cap, it was that stuff. So of course, you know, again, phase two winter soldier, like, yeah, that was definitely more of a, okay, I know I'm going to be into this, but like that, that wasn't the cap that I was interested in as a result of the civil war comics. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this was the or, cap origin and the, the world war two stuff and the kind of like, okay, like this is a different time period and I'm not, not interested in the past, you know, like, so, so that was kind of really interesting to go into that and be like, okay, like, as far as I know, again, because I don't have a lot of experience watching war movies. And I mean, I've seen a few, like I've seen, um, you know, Schindler's List and Life is Beautiful, stuff like that. I've not seen either of those. (laughs) But so, so that's kind of all I have to compare to. But I was like, yeah, like, this feels like this is like a legit period piece, you know, and, um, and I thought it was great to kind of like, yeah, that they weren't like, oh, we need to make this a comic book movie, you know, and, um, yeah. And just like, you know, had, had all the depth and the lessons and the, you know, the idea of like, you know, the giving power to someone who's weak because they, uh, they'll appreciate and understand power, you know, as opposed to someone who already has power and just wants more, you know, like. I just like remembered Stanley Tucci is in this film. Oh yeah. Stanley Tucci plays the scientist who decides <laughs> I wanted a good man. Sorry. You say that like giving yeah, yeah. power to somebody who, who will use it to be a humanitarian. Yeah, I I love the the grenade scene. Oh like, yeah, I think oh, that's gosh. I tear up every time I see that scene. That is just so like, and he the get back thing. Like, yeah. it's just there's no hesitation, and it's just like yeah, that's the perfect soldier. That's the guy. That's who should be making these decisions. And yeah, you you learn everything. And Tommy Lee fucking Jones is his commanding officer. Like oh. they they threw some money around. To yeah. make this film, and so it so showed. disappointing, almost that that was like, you know, oh, that we're making a World War II film. It's like we're we're not going to see Tommy Lee Jones right. again in the Marvel <laughs> universe. Like he's he's dead and gone. You know, well, like here's the thing: <laughs> for him to do another superhero movie, probably was like pulling fucking teeth. Because the last time he was watching Spandex right. Jim Carrey run around, and he yeah. would not, uh, 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 yeah. I will not abide your buffoonery. I think is what he said to him. <laughs> Well, that's probably why, like, it's like, no, we're doing a World War II film. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, so I think that kind of speaks to it. Like the fact that after that, he's like, I'm not doing this again. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. I'll do this. You know, like, you know, he probably doesn't need the money, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, seeing the, you know, the, the, the birth of this character, you know, done in, in such a way that, 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 yeah, like, you know, it's like, they always say, like, you way back to the first Spider-Man, it's like, this can't be a movie about Spider-Man. This has to be a movie about Peter Parker. You know, mm-hmm. this can't be a movie about Captain America. This has to be a movie about Steve Rogers, you right. know, and, you know, and that, that part of it and, you know, and, and, and watching him struggle with who he thinks he's supposed to be and how the military is using him right. as this sort of like, you know, mascot. Oh, look, you know, yeah. Mascot. Exactly. It's like, he's, I, I should be out there fighting, you know? And, um, and that was one of the things I love too, is how they, more so than in Avengers, how like his uniform was like, I totally bought it. It was, it was utilitarian and it was like, sure. It had the red, white and blue, but it was, it was dirty and he was wearing it into battle. And it was this, you know, utility suit. And, you know, even when he had the mask on, it was either a helmet or, you know, like this kind of 
protective face mask that I feel right. like, you know, you're parachuting, whatever, you know, it was, it was meant to be protective, not a costume, you know? And he had like a um, harness I, and he had like pocketed vests and stuff. It just felt like very much more, like you said, utilitarian, lived in, use, useful. It wasn't, yeah. it's not a costume. It's right. a uniform, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like they took some nods from like the Star Wars universe. It's like, yeah, this is how to make sci-fi look good. Is like you don't put everybody in plastic clothes or neon. It's like, right. yeah, you're 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 rebels fighting a war. You need to have, yeah, you need to have pockets. You need to have stuff you can move around in. It doesn't look fancy, you know. And you know, and sure they made it red, white, and blue, but it's like, yeah, we can have that as a symbol. So I'm going to have him stand out. Yeah. But yeah, it's not bright blue, and he's just you know kind of going off. You know, it was like I thought it was perfect. Like I never thought I would have liked a Captain America uniform in really real life, and they fucking nailed it. You know? And I think it's great that we got both. Right, we got the costume that he does for the, the drives yeah. and stuff. Like, I think it was such a great juxtaposition to go. Like, no, that's not how he is in the field. That yeah. doesn't that doesn't fly. That's why we like. That's the one on the the comic book covers and stuff. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I I I liked that a lot. I yeah. like that you got those two versions of it. And again, great villain. I I love the Tesseract introduction. I loved Hydra. I love the scale of like how big all of those weapons were, and that that's why the, the decision to to go into the ice was such a big deal because of the the power of these things, right? Like that, and Hugo Weaving just great, great effect for the face. I, I don't know if that was a mask or how they did his face, but it was just yeah, he was a perfect perfect counterpoint to that Steve Rogers. And I love yeah. the scene after he loses Bucky. He's like, do you know I couldn't get drunk? I didn't know I couldn't get drunk. He's just, oh, yeah. he can't even, he can't even process that. I don't know. You just, it's such a great character study in that. And I think you just, you, you empathize with that character and like Bucky Barnes in the comics being like the sidekick, like it really leaned hard into like, okay, no, this is going to be the winter soldier version of Bucky yeah. Even though we saw him leave, it's like, oh, are we gonna? Is are they gonna do it? That would be really cool if they did it. Like that, that was, it was really cool. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. That that was one of the things that, looking back, I you know because they when they did Winter Soldier, like he is missing an arm. One of the things that does bug me about that movie a little is that they don't explain how he lost the arm like in you know in the comics i think it's because his his like shirt or his arm gets stuck on the bomb so it's like oh and it blows up it blows off his arm as he kind of falls away so it's like he lost his arm but he survived whereas like in this he just kind of falls and he has both his arms and it's like oh he lost his arm somehow right because then when they when in winter soldier when they're doing the flashback and are dragging he's like missing an arm and bleeding in the snow but it's like how how did he lose the arm you know right I guess I always figured like he was on the train and it like hold it and it got ripped off there, but I well, with the fall, yeah, you but, don't really yeah, see like it. when he falls, like, he, like yeah. they could have done that. But that's the thing, like he's just I think he just lets go and as he's falling, like I think he still has both of his arms. Like I remember watching that because like you know, I, I didn't think about it at the time, but then right. like when I saw Winter Soldier and saw that he was missing his arm, and I think after seeing it, be like, Well, wait a minute, they don't they don't right. work that into it. Anymore. And I don't know, I wonder if they were thinking about doing Winter Soldier or not. Like I think that was probably like we'll we'll plant the seed, like we don't see him die, yeah. but he's gone. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I do love that you get the moment of him with the shield, like, briefly, you know, how he has the shield and he's shooting. So it's like, yeah, that's the Bucky cap that we saw where, yeah, I have a shield, but I also have a gun, (laughs) you know? Yeah, this is is an offensive, not just a defensive. (laughs) Yeah. So watch, rewatchability for this one. This one for me, I think is like a six or a seven. Like this is better than average. Definitely in the, the, uh, marathon rewatch. Like I, if I'm watching them leading up to Avengers, you got to watch this one. And this is one, like, I feel like I've put this one on more frequently than a lot of them. Um, so yeah, I think seven, seven's probably my, my vote. Yeah. I say this. Yeah. This one is more of a, I guess between seven and eight like thor i kind of knocked back down to seven it's just seven but like i feel like i do even though it is like uh, you know a a war film you know like i do enjoy it a little bit more i think it yeah it is slightly better like yeah like the the word you use gravitas it definitely has even though like yeah i feel like thor should have had that gravitas mythical realm it it does it kind of doesn't you know whereas this does you know and maybe because it's so much more down to earth and it's rooted in our history, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just like one of those you're watching and you're just like, you know, you're either engrossed in it or if you pull yourself, you're just like, God damn, like this was, this is fucking legit, you know? Yeah. It, this is, this is the way to make you watch a, a war movie. Like this yeah. is the, like make it about Captain America and do it yeah. perfectly. Like it, it's, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's pretty close to comic book accurate too, which is pretty surprising. Like they, they didn't, deviate much you know in in that origin they just straight up this is how it came to be like yeah solid one all right and the the ultimate finale for phase one the avengers 2012 this was the biggest movie of all time like at the time like this this was I, I do it every time. Every phase, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to do this? How are they going to bring all these things together? And leading into the Avengers, like, if this one sucks, it's over. Yeah. Like, how are they going to do it? And I was in England when it came out. I saw it in in uh, when I was doing my study abroad. Mm-hmm. So, like, it it was it was crazy how good it was. Like, I couldn't. I I it was unlike anything that had ever come before it was the right amount of funny it was the right amount of serious it was the right amount of effects it set up bigger things but it also had a really big conflict it 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 brought them all together and they did them all justice and then we got hulk too and hulk was satisfying and great Mm -hmm. i at the time it was like the the pinnacle of what nerd entertainment was or or could be or what we wildest dreams could have imagined right and like the, it's 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 almost quaint now in scale you know like right. like transformers has the amount of like uh, uh invasion right like the chicago invasion and stuff like in terms of like a huge level threat for the avengers what they went up against compared to this was crazy, but like it, it still manages to do something that had never, ever been done before. Yeah. And I think it still holds up. I think I, I, when I do rewatch it, it's less frequently now. Like I, I just enjoy it top to bottom. Like 
it's a yeah, lot of I, a lot of words for me <laughs> well no like yeah i remember like when when it was coming out you know yeah just that realization like as as each movie's coming out we're like yeah like I feel like it's become complex now, but like, you know, at the time, like, Oh, Joss Whedon is directing it. You know, it's like, you know, and and knowing that, like, I think part of what made that so smart was that, you know, again, we're not just doing a film, you know, you can't just get a director who directs films and be like, do this film, you know, and, and, you know, Joss having worked on TV shows and having worked on like, okay, there's the arc of the episode. There's the arc of the sort of, you know, half season. There's the arc of the season. There's the arc of the show, you know, like having these multiple arcs all kind of working simultaneously and having them all work, you know, in conjunction where you can watch an episode and that episode is full and complete beginning, middle, end, but there are also things peppered in that also are, are building the overall story within a season. And then it's also building all the overs, you know, the overall story for the, for the entire series, you know, and, and that was one of the things that made me really happy. Like, yeah, he's going to be able to do that. You know, also the way he handles ensemble casts, you know, like, right. you know, that was another thing too. Like, I, I don't know of a lot of other shows that I was really aware of that had, you know, that, that, that type of ensemble cast where, even though, you know, Buffy was the star, like right. each character had their own growth, you know, they were kind of, you know, going around her as a nucleus, but they weren't just like forgettable characters. Right. They, they weren't were just accessories. They had yeah. their own arcs that, yeah. Yeah. Same with like Lost and stuff yeah. like those, there wasn't a main character for Lost. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I think that was a big part of why it was such a big show is like, who do you identify with? What's interesting about them? What's their origin story? Oh, they're mysterious. Who's the villain? Who's like, I, I, I wasn't aware of his work at the time. Really. I didn't really know the name. This was probably pre me really being into specific directors, but it was, it, it's such a natch. It seems like such a natural choice that like, yeah, you would get a showrunner, yeah. you know, to do the, to pull this off. And he, he did scandals notwithstanding like the skill like the skill set like it it came off really well yeah and i you know i think also you know again we can talk about this next one in terms of you know the second one (laughs) and how that played out but like at least with this one it was like yeah like it i think it worked perfectly where it's like kind of acknowledging what came before like what has to work its way into this you know so so the film like you know it serves a purpose as a sort of like culminating point of the films that have come before this, but it also kind of has its, its own arc, but it also sets up what's coming after this, you know, and it, yeah. it, it serves all those purposes. And, you know, you don't, you know, you don't really feel that, you know, you're, you're going on that specific journey. It feels organic. It feels like, even though it's those three things, it's a, it's an ending point. It's a jumping off point, And it's again, a self-contained thing you know, they all just kind of happen and they work themselves out. And, you know, and, yeah. and again, it's hard for me to judge this way because I've seen all of them and I know the stories, but I, I, part of me feels like you could jump in and just watch this film if you've seen nothing else. Yeah, so, I mean, every I movie so. you watch, you're introduced to characters you've never seen before. Right. If you watch a movie, you know, that just comes out of nowhere, you know? So, I mean, the fact that you're introduced to like Thor and Iron Man, you know, again, if you haven't seen anything, you're introduced to them, you know, and, and Hawkeye, you know, it's like you're, 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 I feel like you get introduced to them the way you would in any other movie with characters. That's a good point. Seen. 
And I feel like he does a good job of very quickly defining what all these characters are. Yep. You know, like when you get that meeting between like Thor and Iron Man and Cap and they, they all start like squabbling about stuff about Loki. And it's like, no, I have to take him back to Asgard. Like, no, he's a criminal. It's like, well, he's my brother. And, this, you know, and, and, you know, the whole like, you know, put the hammer down. Oh, I'll put the hammer down. Like, right. get we get the Marvel coming yep. back in, you know, like his sense of like my Asgardian law supersedes your earth law, you know, and and he's my brother and we're family and he's a fuck up, but I love him, you know, and like you get all of that in those things and you get the sort of, the, the the arrogance of Tony and the sort of righteousness of Cap, you know, yeah, like you get that you get the Civil War conflict already. It's already yeah. ready. It's there in their first meeting, you know, like yeah. In in many ways, this is this is like the most perfect film in the MCU. Yeah, because it's not it's not sequel baiting in the way I I would say Ultron is in a certain mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And Ultron, you can't watch in a vacuum, I don't think. Right. right. There's too much going on, and especially with the twins and like Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, that whole dynamic mm-hmm. has been set up in, uh, I don't know, like they're not very well introduced in that. Like we could talk about that film next time. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. it, I, I, hearing you say that, it is this perfect synergy of paying tribute to what came before, having a self-contained and accessible story. I think that what you said about it being like a movie that you're introduced to those characters gradually as you would. Like, I think it has, it has all of those things in a way I don't think any other film does. I don't know of any other film that does this much work this effectively. Yeah. And it had to work. It really did. Like it, it yeah. was, it, there was a huge amount of pressure for this to come out the way it did. And it, 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 it really fucking nailed it. I, cause yeah, it, it has all those dynamics and you get the, the punch a bit in your mates thing, the Marvel meet cute. I love that thing. I, that's one of my favorite things of the comics is like two characters who are unsure of each other and their allegiance fighting it out and then all talking and then f- teaming up. Like I think they 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 nail that it's it, yeah. it's it's incredible, like it's like an annual, it's like an a uh, 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 Avengers right. annual issue, mm-hmm. self-contained. Like yeah, that that's a great. I just outstanding. And it, yeah, and it 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 does. And, and I mean, I don't know how intentional this was or how much it was. People just kind of running with it, but like the relationship between Thor and Hulk, you know, like the yeah. two of them, you know, between yeah. their fighting. You know, and because like, uh, you know, Hulk is being Hulk and Thor's like, oh, I've got to stop him. Yes, I could beat so, you know, and like how how they interact. And then the whole thing when they're at the end, they're fighting and like Hulk punches Thor yep. and sends flying. You know, it's like that whole thing, like that friendship is like, boom, like there that is that carries its way all the way through into to Ragnarok. You know, like yeah. um, the thing, you know, him and Widow starts there when, you know, yeah, they're kind of having their interaction and then. You know, he he's starts chasing her as Hulk. Yep. And he's like, fuck, like, I'm going to hurt you. And I don't want, you know, and like right. that whole thing kind of starts there. And her kind of seeing that side of him and right. seeing Banner for who he is and understanding him grappling with that. And then that leading to them having this more intimate relationship later on. And, you know, and then with- Banner and Stark. Did nobody else do the reading? Right, like, we've yeah. got great toys, like him, like zapping him yeah yeah like i there's just so many it it establishes all those little dynamics and it it establishes like shield is not necessarily the best thing and you can kind of you see why fury's done the things that he's done because he's scared 
He's like, why did you do that? Because of him, because of Thor, because we don't know how to deal with stuff like this. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's also another argument for the Thor film, because that, even though it was this small podunk town, that was enough to scare the life out of (laughs) uh, Nick Fury, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Again, like that, yeah, that difference between Iron Man and Thor is that, well, when Iron Man, oh, well, okay, we have someone smart enough to build this tech to do this thing, which we're kind of scared of, but like, hey, we knew it was going to happen. And then like, oh, fuck, if there's a Thor out in space, like who knows what the fuck else is out in space? Like that's that's like this infinite possibility of, of scariness, you know, not just like, you know, something we can kind of wrap our heads around, something happening on Earth with someone being so smart, he can develop better weapons and now right. into a suit, you know, like, yeah, it becomes like this next level thing, you know, and, and I like, I like too, that that kind of gets launched in Thor, but we kind of forget it about it a while when we move to cap, which is in the past, you know, and we're we're moving back to like planting these seeds for, you know, you know, something that will kind of like tie everything together and bring everything back, you know, but like in the meantime, yeah, that that's created this like lingering umbrella of like, Oh fuck, like this is something we have to think about now. And, you know, and how, how well, yeah. And like with a line, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, you get like, yeah, all this stuff and it's like, why, yeah, why, why is S.H.I.E.L.D. doing that? Why? And it's just like, boom, like, here it is. Like, you know, this is, this is, this is how humans think, you know, it's like, you know, and, and, and and again, like that was even back to like, when you were talking about Tony Stark, where like, you know, yeah, there's this sense of like, yeah, when you're the first superhero, you do okay fighting against normal people. What happens when there's the first super villain? Now you're on like, level footing you know and you've got to find something else to be better and now this goes from being like okay we have superheroes oh fuck but now we've got like galactic level threats how the fuck do we deal with that okay we've got to we've got to level up quickly you know and right you know and that and i often forget i forget about the proximity of captain america one and the avengers because that's the thing like cap has just he just flew into the ice and then he woke up He's on this team, and the guys that he is allied with are making the same weapons that he just flew into the ice to prevent making again. Yeah. Like it, I always forget that, and that's why you have to rewatch them both. Like, but like that—that's also part of it. Is it, it's a big deal. Like that's how scared Fury is. That's how convoluted the relationship between the modern American government and Captain America is. It's just a really, yeah, that's really interesting. All right, rewatchability for the Avengers. Oh, this is ten. a 10. This is ten, like, yeah. it, this, this is one, I might watch it tonight, honestly. Like, I, I'm <laughs> just wanting to see it again. It, I love that it's open with like the Tesseract. It, it has a discreet, like it's an expositional opening, but it's wicked and cool. Like, I, I and then it start like, it, shield headquarters is like getting fucked up because of the tesseract and then loki shows up and containment fails and all there's all these things like it's it's throws you in real quick and it doesn't really relent it's got great pacing i think it's got a great third act it's a great loki vehicle yeah it's it's 10 out of 10 absolutely that's we didn't even talk about the plot really we just talked about all the like character dynamics like there's so much in it 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 does so much so well for the first time it's incredible yeah. and I, I think too like it's interesting because like that that opening i remember the first time i saw it i was almost like disappointed and even when i've rewatched it i remember kind of you know almost like falling asleep i think i was watching it on an airplane one time and i fell asleep very quickly you know but but like 
again, like from a sort of maybe from a justification point of view, like the fact that like leading up to this film, like we've been barred with these superheroes and it's like, yeah. And, and here, here they come. And like how, like, yeah, like Hawkeye is the only hero we get like for a while in the beginning, yep. you know, he's, he's just a good archer, you know? So yep. like the fact that like it brings it back down to earth, I mean, we're fucking around with this technology, you know, but like, you know, there's, it's not like it starts with this like triumphant Captain America theme or like Thor, you know, like, like all this stuff is kind of happening to, to, to build towards that. And it's so, you know, it is this kind of almost nice, you know, yeah, it establishes like, okay, shield is going to be a part of this, you know, it's not, you know, obviously there's, there's nothing that's going to go on that is not under the guise of shield, this government organization, you know, but they got to play catch up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And kind of showing that, like, you know, also, you know, well, you were kind of fucking around with this. This is kind of your fault that we're yeah. doing this, you know, yeah. like that aspect of it. And and just how, yeah, how it starts from a point of, like, almost kind of being boring. And then it gets bad so quickly, you know, between, like, here's Loki, he's back. Oh, and Clint is under mind control. Like, oh, fuck, you know, like all this yeah. stuff just kind of happens. And this this whole thing collapses. And then you're just like, you know, you're starting the film, like, like in the negative, in the red, you know, and it's like, well, fuck, there better be some good stuff happening soon because we're, we're already kind of like shit is fucked up, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, and I, yeah, I think that was like intentional to like not start off with this sort of like, yay, the Avenger. And that's why I think the main title is kind of a little awkward because like all this shit happens and it's like Avengers and you hear the Avengers theme, you know, and it's almost like, you know, that sort of. Um, like I feel like sometimes comics will have that 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 like cold open. Oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. First page is story, and then after a while it'll get to oh here's the title and here's who the writer you know. Yeah. So they kind of it kind of did that where it's like you're just in it and and it's it's awkward you know like but yeah. I think it, it works that it's awkward almost you know it sets it's almost like this is like a prelude to what's actually happening you know not the movie is starting here you know and but yeah it also I think it also shows that yeah like the point of this is that the Avengers are not a pre-existing team that's already right. working together. Like, like we've, it should have been Avengers question mark. Yeah. <laughs> that should have yeah. been the title card. <laughs> and at the end, yes, Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually Avengers. Yes, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we're, we're starting from a point where yes, these characters all exist in this universe and we know them, but they're, they've never met each other. There's no reason for them to be working together yet. You know, like this is when this film starts, it is not the Avengers, you know, like, yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's sometimes an awkward watch, but it's like, yeah, like this is, this is where it needs to start. This is like an, an organic place to start this, you know, with, yeah, with humans fucking around with shit and getting themselves in trouble. So, okay, we need to call the big guns to fix it. For us, you know? Well, that's about enough of that. <laughs> and here's Tim with the final word. Tesseract. Outstanding. All right. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> I thought you were going to go assemble. I guess we're going to tease that for the last one. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Yeah. For the, maybe the second to last one, I'll be like, then here's, here's him with the final word. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>